Hello, Real Talk listeners. Welcome back to our third episode in this series called The Best of and the Worst of. This episode, we are taking a different direction on this because we're going to talk about companies. We're going to talk about the best and worst companies that we've worked for and things people should look look for. But yeah, it's going to be tough, Michelle, because it's not like we're really nailing down industries in this episode. We're really nailing down all other types of qualities within a company that you should be searching for that we've experienced are the best and the worst scenarios. Right. It's interesting at different parts or different times in your life, you may look for some of these good might look a little bit different. For example, when I applied for kind of my first real full-time job where I started moving into management, it was at an organization called Kinko's. It was a privately owned organization at the time. And what I was looking for was flexible hours because I was still in school. And I was looking for the ability to be super creative in a job. And if you shopped at Kinko's prior to FedEx office, what you know is that they had a full-blown computer lab, did tons of desktop publishing, did tons of, I'm going to use a word that people only understand in relationship to a computer now, cut and pasting. We used to do that with a glue stick and a light box. Um, <laughs> and wow. so it was, I know it's so funny. Um, it, it was creative. I was going to school for art. And so being able to work in a place that allowed me to express some um, creativity was what I'm look, what I was looking for at the time. However, I have learned since then, there is a lot of stuff that you should be paying attention to when you start to consider an organization. You are passionate about benefits. So let's talk a little bit about how you know a company has a great employee benefits program. You don't. (laughs) That's not super helpful. I'm kidding. Um, You know, there's obviously a bunch of things you look into, but I'll tell you when, and maybe this is for you too, Michelle, when you're first coming out of college or you have some of your first kind of career milestones in life, you know, in your your late teens, early 20s, you really don't know what the hell you're looking for when it comes to benefits. Like I get people all the time that reach out to me and they're literally looking at a new job. And they're like, hey, can you take a look at this benefits package for me and see if this is legit or this is good? Like, and actually it's people, there are people that have been with companies a long time. They still don't know what they're looking for. It's not spelled out very well. There's a couple of things you want to you want to look for, depending on what country you're in. I'll focus on North America right now, specifically the U.S. But, you know, you want to take a look. You know, a lot of companies are trending towards high deductible health plans. It A, saves them money and B, puts more of the direction of their employees' health into their own hands. Um, so you have to be your own advocate. I'm not a huge fan of high deductible health plans from an employee perspective, because, you know, obviously you have to meet a certain number or criteria in order to get there. You have to spend a lot of money out of pocket 
hence the reason it's called high deductible health plan. So, you know, there's not a lot of employees that are super satisfied with high deductible plans, but as a company helps save you money and it helps drive people to be their own advocates. Now, but there are some perks when you are taking a look at it that companies are doing. They, um, in some cases for an employee only package, they don't make the employees pay anything out of their pocket. So they cover all the expenses there. So all the monthly savings you're saving there, you can put towards your deductible. The deductibles may not necessarily be as high or your max out of pocket may not be as high. Medical is a huge piece because if you're unhealthy or you have unhealthy relatives or, or dependents, as they call them, you probably want to take a look and dive into the SPD into a medical plan before you accept that position because I have found that a lot of people end up sp- spending more money on the medical plan when they transition to another job and they don't ask for enough funds. So if anything, they're now paying more in medical and they ask for like a $3,000 raise, but then they have to spend $3,000 more in medical premium. So it was really a wash for them to transition to a new company. So that's interesting. Um, but also if you take a look, obviously... 401k or pension plans, super important to take a look and dive into. And it's a a better quality. Taking a look at any additional perks and benefits. Time off is huge. How much time off do they give you? Do they allow you to roll it over, cash it out at the end of the year? Um, You know, all of that kind of adds up. There's a multitude of different benefits. I'll tell you that, gosh, I didn't, I got into a car accident many years ago. And I was literally on my way moving from one state to another. And um, Michelle, you were actually on the phone with me when I got into this car accident. It literally changed my life. And literally three days later, I had to be at my new job. (laughs) It was interesting because the whole scenario for me, I actually had probably not the best medical coverage at my previous job, but at my new position It was probably the best medical coverage I had in my life. And the company was self-insured. So they offered to foot the bill for some things that weren't necessarily typically covered because when you are self-insured, you have autonomy in a company to pick up some extra expenses if you want to pay for them. So, you know, I got a lot of support. So I'd say from that perspective, I would, the the company was truly successful from their benefits um, for me. And I rarely heard a single person complain about the benefits from the company. So yeah, Michelle, when you talk about how benefits are important, it does play a key role, especially if you have dependents or yourself that have situations or scenarios that come up unexpectedly in life. And you really never know when those are going to happen. I mean, you may be a healthy person right now, but three years from now, your life takes a turn and something unexpectedly happens and you need to make sure you have the best coverage. So I think it's really important for me. I would say that was probably one of the best companies I worked for. They had, you know, a really good match in a 401k, solid immediate vesting, um, stock options. There's a ton of perks working for that company. Gosh, in some aspects, I miss working for that company because it was just so awesome from the benefits. Another thing that you'll often hear someone say to look for a company is what is the culture? Now, here's the deal. <laughs> I have an opinion about culture that is going to tell you that just because a place, a company is really cool or modern, lets you bring your dog to work, it does not mean you're going to work for a great leader. 
I do think, Maria, don't get mad at me. I know you work in HR. I think the first thing you need to do is go check out Glassdoor. If you see one bad review, that could be a bad employee. But when you start to see patterns, when you start to see those employees worked in different parts of the organization, maybe you've got somebody who was in finance or someone who was in HR, someone who was in operations, and they all have very similar unhappy experiences, I'm going to suggest you run and you run pretty quick. I think (laughs) that um, (laughs) there could be elements of fabrication in those things because it is someone's perspective. But what I have found is most people's perspective is rooted in elements of truth, right? Even if they elaborate on it a little bit, there are elements of truth in all of those stories. So when there are enough of those bad stories, that should be an indication to you that the culture is not good. Well, I'm going to correct you there for a moment. Okay. So if there is a change in leadership, so new CEO, new C-levels, or new CHRO or head of HR, you may see a shift in that. So that might be a question you ask during the interview process if that's what you've been seeing on Glassdoor. Now, Glassdoor is a reflection of many disgruntled employees. So for me, working in HR, that's actually a go-to place. I say, here's the starting point. When were these comments made? And I find it to be a good challenge because the worse a company is, the more work I have to do to make it successful. And my goal is to get those Glassdoor reviews at least changed for the better in some of those categories, like benefits or CEO perspective, whatever the case may be. So that's my challenging point to you, Michelle, is that yes, they could be bad, but also if there was just a recent change in a CEO and there hasn't been many comments since then, then you haven't had enough time to change and evolve that perception. Totally valid point. Definitely look at when the comments were posted, right? I'm also usually a fan of Googling a company. I will just Google the heck out of a company um, to get anything that pops up because it's all just information that builds on the story for me. And when you see lots of positives, then you take that chance. You know, I think an example of that for me in my career would have been Denny's. So a lot of people, when you say the name Denny's, they think that boothy kind of restaurant that they went to as a kid with their whole family and pancakes and stuff, right? And then a lot of the world remembers um, a series of clearly racist incidences that happened in the 90s that resulted in litigation, legal action around it, right? And so when I started looking to Denny's, and this this even reinforces your comment about leadership. When I started looking into Denny's, I remembered those. Like I was um, just moving into my corporate world when a lot of those reviews were coming out about Denny's. And I did a ton of research. I found out that their corporate headquarters has been voted one of the top five places to work in South Carolina for five years running. I looked at 
when their leadership had changed and they had had a change in not only the CEO level, uh, but they changed their COO. They also had shortly after hired a human resource, a chief human resource manager. And so there were a lot of movements that indicated to me that this was clearly an organization that was trying to change a reputation they had to do something better. I started looking at press. I started looking at charities or things that they contributed to, how they worked within the communities. And all of that came together to tell me, regardless of what that old reputation might have been, I wanted to move forward with who they were today. Yeah, I think that's important, right? Because that has a, you know, a lasting impact and it makes you proud of who you like say you work for then, right? Are you proud to say you work for Denny's or are you like anxious about it when someone's like, "Hey, who do you work for?" and you're like, "Denny's." Oh, uh, maybe in the 90s you're like, mm, "I work for a restaurant company." Um so that's a valid point. And I think there are, you know, kind of tying this whole series together. You could work for a company like I feel like FedEx is a phenomenal company, but I've also had some of the worst teams and best teams there and some of the worst bosses and the best bosses at FedEx. But I can honestly say the best company I've worked for is FedEx. And I I definitely miss the company and the strategic vision and, and whatnot. So you know, it's it really important from a company perception that you leave that lasting memory with people who leave the company. Yep. I would agree with you. You know, I think hands down, I've had some pretty phenomenal work experiences with some pretty amazing organizations. It wasn't until my most recent job where I moved to a private smaller company and got that perspective of the challenges. And there are definitely some challenges, right? In a smaller growing organization, strategy looks completely different. You know, I I can easily say that one of the things in hindsight that I miss about FedEx is that strategy piece. Like there was a plan, but there were also the right creative minds in place that if they needed to plug in something new into that strategy, it could be developed and plugged in really quickly. Like remember when they started um, doing robot deliveries in some local cities, right? That was totally a, we're working on this thing. We don't know when it'll come out and it gets plugged into that bigger strategy. I mean, Fred Smith and his team, stop. They've got this built out. I suspect forever, they might not have shared it with everyone in the company, but I suspect they have this timeline of events going on for decades of what they plan to do. And as technology changes or the world evolves, they just keep plugging in these new advancements, right? Or then when you look at someone like Tesla or Musk, right? You're looking at someone who has that clear place that they want to go to and then has developed that strategy enough that I'm going to get to the moon and here's how I'm going to get there. Or I'm going to create one of the most effective 
environmentally conscious cars in the world. And here's how we're going to get there. And I miss that about FedEx. It is not hard to know if someone has a clear strategy. If you were to go onto FedEx's website right now, you will see a ton of stuff about who they are just for the average visitor to come learn about who they are. The other thing I was uh, checking out, I used to work at Wendy's, the Wendy's company, and I was checking out their website a few months ago and their website is amazing. If you look at like future accomplishments, how they're trying to contribute to the environment, how they're reinventing quick serve restaurant, the landscape and the layout of the quick serve restaurant. And their website is set up. So just as a consumer, I can go learn about what their entire vision is. They might not tell you about product changes, but if you can't look at your company's website and start to understand what their overall strategic plan is, I mean, maybe ask yourself if they have one. I would definitely ask in the interview if I can't get that information on a website. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that that's that's huge. And a lot of companies are doing that right now, especially after the George Floyd uh, scenario in May. So you'll see a lot of a lot more companies really adding some uh, inclusion and diversity pieces on their website and talking through how their strategic plans and their vision uh, like is all outlined for that that portion. But yeah, I think overall what the company's doing, I've seen that too in some of the, you know, companies I've worked for, they just lay out what their innovation and their their strategy is at a very high level without again giving too many details cuz they don't want someone to come in and reproduce all their hard work and their efforts, but I think that's important for you as you're working with a, a company or you're trying to navigate that. So having it laid out on the website, that that's huge. But also then how you reiterate it during a town hall or messages is also another big piece. It is. I would definitely ask about communication for sure. Not just how your boss would communicate with you, but how does the company communicate their vision? How do they communicate you know, from the senior leadership team all the way down to the weekend guy that comes in to clean the offices, right? How do you communicate all through your organization? You mentioned DEI, and I would say that this is another one that you should start to expect clear communication about and tangible examples of how equity and inclusion is applied within the place that you're looking for. So Marie, I know that you have a lot of thoughts around DE&I. Well, we both do, but what are some of the values of looking for someone who has a strong diversity, equity, and inclusion policy or forget the word policy. It's great that they have a policy practice who has a strong diversity, equity, inclusion practice. Yeah, I think it helps because, you know, you've seen so many things uh, throughout the years. You've seen large companies be taken down like Google for not 
equally paying their women as much as they pay their men in their company. And you've seen that come out. You know, I think it's really good for a company to go out publicly and take a stance on it. But even if you don't go out publicly and, and take a stance on it, which you don't see a ton of companies do that just because it's small, you know, there's more so, you know, small to medium business size. Um, but internally, when you take a stance on that, you talk through it as an organization, I think you understand that there's a level of comfort within your organization that everybody is being treated fairly and equally. And the organization, I think you get more buy-in from your teams. You see a little bit more diverse thought because it's not necessarily just diversity on race, right? Diversity on thought, you get people that come in, challenge the process, a little bit more, you know, innovative or, you know, try to get to the same end, end goal in a different direction, or maybe just propose a different end goal and you bring people together. So there's a collaboration amongst all of that. And it comes from different pieces, right? Hiring a diverse workforce, engaging, valuing opinions. And there's a ton of value that comes to organizations because if you literally hire all the same cookie cutter type of people, which let's be honest, we've seen some managers and companies hire a lot of mini me's, you're not going to get much diversity of thought. You're not going to get, you know, diversity in race and religion and things like that to where you have some good commonalities or discussions um, in different perspectives on how to do things. You know, when you hire, for example, people in different countries or you hire people with different race or religion, you can talk through how your proposed project or program impacts the organization in a different way. So it gives you a whole different thought. Um, you know, even in, from an HR perspective, you may decide to add on an extra holiday based on someone's religion or knowing that you have more of a population based on a certain religion. So you think more about some of those pieces as you open up your mind and open up that scope. And I'm, you know, this is a whole discussion, which we'll get into a whole series of. But, you know, I think that's really important from a, a values perspective. If you value a, you know, strong culture in that, you're going to look for companies that have that. Yeah. One of the examples that I often use, and I can use it at uh, my most recent organization, is women and having women in like an R&D area of the business. And specifically in the United States of America, current Consumer Reports tells us that 80% of a household purchasing decision is made by a female within the house, whether it's mom, a wife, or a, a significant other, a girlfriend, whatever it is. 80% of the purchasing decisions in homes in the United States of America are made by women. So if you're in an organization that is trying to produce a product that is sold to people, why wouldn't you want females in your R&D team or in your marketing team? Because they're going to be able to look at it from a perspective of what females are looking for, what might interest females. The same thing like you were talking about with someone who might be of a different religion is it gives you that perspective of what does this look like here or in this space? Um, because th the great thing about diversity is that people do bring 
unique cultural history with that diversity, right? And so what looks appropriate in one world might look a little bit different in another culture, in another world. And if you don't have someone that represents that space or that world, you're never going to understand how it plays out. For me, and it's, oh, forget that you're sort of a jerk if you don't create inclusion for all, all people. By the way, don't forget that. You're a jerk if you don't do it. But it's just bad for your business too. So even if you are a bit of a jerk, it's the right thing to do if you want your space to be successful. So it really becomes a win-win. It's a humanitarian plus and it's a plus for your business. Totally. I also, I've been a big fan of this from a long time ago when it comes to where you want to work. In one of my very first jobs ever, during the interview process, when I was going through the interview process, the manager gave me the schedule and the phone numbers for people that reported to them directly. And uh, she said, over the weekend, we because you know, we were going to have our face-to-face the next week, we did our phone screen. And she said, over the weekend, these folks are working. I'd like you to ask them the questions you asked me. Don't assume that I've told you who I am. Ask them who I am. Ask them what it's like to work here. They work in very similar jobs as yours. Ask them how they like their jobs, what they don't like about them. I always, always love that. So now at this point, I know I'm going to have the conversation with someone I'm interviewing, but I also tell them the expectation is for them to reach out to other people. So as someone who is looking for a business, ask if there's someone on the team that you can talk to if others, if the people that are interviewing you don't recommend it. You know, hey, love to reach out to a few people on your team. Is there anyone you suggest? An interview, in my opinion, is a two-way interview. It's not just about a business picking the right person. It truly is as much about the person picking the right business. And I think that's where, in the past, organizations would get in trouble. It was just like, I'm interviewing you. This should be mutual. You should both go into this satisfied with the choices. Totally. I feel like you're giving our listeners kind of the scoop on the interviewing process. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, it is part of what you have to do. It's true. Choosing a company is just as important as choosing the department and the people leader you work for. Yeah, it's interesting. You do have to know what it is you need. You know, some people will go into a dysfunctional work environment where everything is broken and needs to be put together and they will thrive in that space. And then others want stability. And so there are things that you can look at in a company to know that that fits for you. Some people love change. Others wish for something that doesn't change often. You can look at things like, How often do they change their products? How often do they have new advancements? Does it rely on technology? Because if it's technology-based, pretty much count on it changing every other minute. A great example 
is just the difference in change from when I worked for Wendy's and when I worked for Denny's. Denny's changes their menu a lot, like four times a year. Uh, And if you've ever shopped at Denny's, you know that I'm not telling any secrets. But uh, Wendy's, there's sort of a cadence. Um, It's almost even like McDonald's, like there are seasons that the McRib is going to come back, right? Wendy's is sort of similar. There's this cadence of stuff. Unless some new out of the blue product comes up, there's sort of a rhythm to what's going to happen. And so you can count on less chaos from a change perspective. Those are things you can look into if you know what you're looking for in a company. If you don't, you're screwed. Yeah, and I don't think people think about that sometimes. I don't think servers realize that they're going to have to rememorize a new um, menu four times a year or every month. You don't really ask them those questions. I think sometimes you're just eager to get the position or you don't plan ahead or you don't kind of think that far in advance. You're kind of only asking questions for now. So yeah, I think it's really important to kind of talk through that or as a hiring manager, discuss that during the interview process. Right. I do work for an organization who changes every year and a half, year to year and a half. And it is something that I'm very honest about doing the interview process. I don't know. Like I have no magic ball that tells me we're going to change in another year. But if I look at the previous 10 years, what I have is a pattern of 18 months, you know, between 12 to 18 months. So if that 10-year pattern stays true to form, then you, I can expect another change within the next six months. Yeah. And so I talk about that in the interview process. The only constant is change. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like change, you probably don't want to work for a company that has change. A lot it of- is so funny that you... Cliches, they kill me. But the reason they make me insane is because they're usually true. Mm -hmm. But they make me crazy. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. Often we target small to medium businesses. We try to help businesses have successful people programs in place. But we also try to help or we have helped individuals at times as well. So if you guys have any burning questions, um, how to prepare for an interview is a topic that I happen to love. Um, Maria is also really good at this process. We do a lot of prep before we look at any company. We haven't always been right, but I would say our rights are, they well outnumber our wrongs or our not as perfect choices. I don't know that we've ever been wrong, but some choices weren't as great as others. Is that fair? Totally. So if you need any help, if you're like, what should I look for? Send us a comment, send us a chat. We will, if this is a topic that is interesting to you, we will look at putting some resources together and help you pick the best company possible. Until next time, keep listening. Bye everyone.